Welcome to the Principles of Success, and today's episode is on taxes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The glorious, glorious taxes. But first, we're actually going to talk about debt a little bit more because I realized there was one more thing I probably should have mentioned, which is super important, and that is getting out of debt. And that, quite frankly, goes back to the cutting expenses. Most likely, the debt that you are stuck in is personal debt, especially probably on your credit card. And that just means that you are living outside of your means. And if you are living outside of your means, you will never be financially successful. The wealthy, starting from the beginning, even when they're poor, live off of the least amount percentage of their income as they possibly can. I've heard 30%, I've heard 40%. But regardless, it is somewhere of at least half. Your first goal financially should be living on at least half of your income. Now that might be cutting expenses pretty drastically, or it might be increasing your income capabilities pretty drastically. But whatever it is, you need to get to a small percentage of your income being for personal use and the vast majority of it being for investment use. When I was at my peak trying to launch myself financially, I think I was down to like 20% of my income and I wasn't making that much money. I was just living dirt, dirt cheap. Lots and lots of potatoes. So first step to getting out of debt is you need to quit living like you're rich. You're not rich. You're poor. Deal with it. The whole point of trying to become financially successful is so that way you are actually successful. And step one to that is not acting like you're successful until you actually are. Like, I full-fledged plan on having a personal plane for me to fly across the country at some point. That is not within any close time frame because I am nowhere near financially successful enough to justify that amount of frivolousness. Next one, you need to start paying more than just the minimums. You're never going to get out of debt if you don't devote most of your money towards debt. Next one, let's talk about mortgages real quick. The financial advice differs between people on whether or not you should invest first or if you should pay off your mortgage first. My personal, and I think obviously because it's me, I think the best advice is first off, Do not go and get a mortgage if you do not already have one. If you currently have one, then you should put a severe emphasis on paying off the mortgage while still giving some of it to investments. So basically what I mean is like uh, for your available investment capital, let's say you have 100 bucks, 70, 80% of that money should go to your mortgage. $20 should go towards investments. If you're trying to start a business, however, because that is a, a form of aggressive investing, then the business should come first because it is likely to drastically increase your earning capabilities if successful, which then will be able to pay off the mortgage faster. That's all I'm going to say on debt. So now let's move back to the actual topic for today, which is taxes. And there's 
the three main things that I think we should talk about with taxes. First, taxation is theft. And if you want to really get pissed off by what they do to steal all of your money, because they don't just steal the 30% from income tax, they steal almost every dollar of yours, or almost the complete percentage of every dollar. And this goes true for people in America, and it's even more true for people in Europe and Canada and Australia, and is relatively true for most of the rest of the world. They steal upwards of 90% of all of your money that you earn. So if you want to be ticked off by a book, How I Tax Thee, which we already covered in a different uh, book review episode, will explain how they are stealing all your money and where all that money is going. And that's the part that will really tick you off because next to none of it goes to your benefit. Almost all of it goes into bureaucrats' pockets, aka slush funds, where they can spend the money however they see fit, and usually that goes towards government employee salaries and bonuses. So that's the first point. I will die on this hill that taxes are theft. Now, yes, society might need a little bit of taxes, but we're talking about like I might budge for, like, maybe 3%. That is my own personal political viewpoints on the 3% part, but I digress. So, first off, taxes are bad. It is your financial duty to avoid taxes as much as possible, and that's the next subject. If you want to be financially successful, it is your financial duty to yourself and to your family to avoid getting your money stolen as much as possible, and that... That last phrase of getting your money stolen as much as possible includes taxes and from every other corporation out there and business that wants to take money from you. Now, a lot of times, especially for business purposes, they'll take money from you so that way you can buy something for your benefit and you just have to be a good steward on who's on who you let take your money. But in taxes in particular, taxes are going to be one of your biggest bill in your entire life. And you need to stand guard and try and minimize that as much as possible. I am not going to go into the specifics of different tax deductions you can do. One, I talked about tax deductions in the book Deduct Everything just a couple of weeks ago. But secondly, I am not a tax person and I am not going to get in legal trouble for giving you legal tax advice. However, there are multiple, especially business purposes-wise, of lots and lots of, tada- of tax deductions. If you are paying taxes, particularly in real estate, if you are paying taxes in real estate, then you're doing real estate wrong. If you're paying hardly any taxes in business, you're not doing business very well either. Because here's the fun thing about business and a bit real estate business. There are so many deductions out there that you should be able to write off almost everything that you earn business-wise off. And for people on the left side of the aisle, the purpose of a business write-off is to encourage businesses to spend money to grow instead of having that money go to the government. That's the whole purpose of business write-offs, and the government wants that because they want businesses to grow. You only pay taxes on the money that you keep for yourself. However... That said, here's a couple of really good common tax deductions. Anything you do for work, travel-wise, is a tax deduction. 
I just went on a business trip. My brother just so happened to be hanging out with me for a good portion of that, but the whole trip was me there for business, which means the whole trip cost me money right now, but that's money that I paid to go on the trip instead of it going to the government. It still costs me money, it's just it costs me money for in development of my business and not going to somebody else. So you need to avoid taxes as much as possible because every dollar matters, especially when it comes to creating your financial success. So tax deductions are super important to that. Next, let's talk about tax credits. Tax credits are awesome. So the difference between a tax deduction and a tax credit, as far as I understand it, remember, I am not a tax person. As far as I understand it, a tax deduction is minusing from the money that you owe the government. So let's say you generate uh, $50,000. Well, here in America, you get the automatic tax credit that reduces that to, let's just say $40,000. It's higher than that, but for easy math, $40,000. What a tax credit does is it eliminates the total amount of money that you owe. And then taxes are based off of a percentage. So instead of paying for the whole $50,000 that you generated with that $10,000 credit, you only get taxed on the $40,000 that you generated. As far as the government is concerned, you only made thirty dollars or $40,000. If you get another tax credit of $10,000, then as far as the government is concerned, you only made $30,000. And then deductions, they come into effect post-taxed. So at $30,000, let's say you're taxed at 30% income, that means you owe the government $9,000. Tax deductions go off of that $9,000 that you owe and say that, no, for this reason, we don't owe you this hundred bucks. For this reason, we don't owe you this thousand bucks. And in business and real estate, you should be able to get that tax deduction down to near zero. So both are super useful. Tax credits eliminate what the government sees as you of generating tax deductions excuse some of the money that you generated as non-taxable. So I guess in a better way of phrasing it, instead of that long craziness is tax credits get applied pre-tax, tax deductions get applied post-tax. And, and the more you can apply pre-tax, the better. But credits are for very specific things. Like for instance, the 10,000 credit I gave as, as an example is just the automatic tax credit that the IRS gives to Americans so that way they don't have to fill out as much paperwork because most Americans don't have enough credits and deductions. Hold on, I messed up in the first place. That wasn't even a credit, it's a deduction. But they have an automatic 10,000 deduction so that way they don't have to do as much paperwork making sure that every deduction that people take is correct. They can just say you have a 10,000 deduction as a blanket coverage to keep people from filling it out because most people don't have $10,000 worth of deductions because they don't have a business or real estate. And I just messed up there on the deduction side, so that's proof that I am not a tax person. You pay people to be tax persons. My uncle is a tax person. And the tax code is so freaking long that unless you are a tax person, you will never understand it. 
However, the tax code is written for business owners and landowners, aka real estate owners. That's the whole point of the tax laws, is to give every advantage possible to those two groups of people. Because that is what generates economy. The parts of the tax that say you owe this because is only a small, like maybe 0.5% of the tax law. All the rest of the tax law is here's how to get out of that money that you owe us. Because they want to incentivize you to do certain tactics. So that's on avoiding tactic or avoiding taxes in general. Finally, let's talk about tax, tax savings accounts, aka retirement accounts. In quick, my financial advice is very rarely is there a reason why you should invest in any sort of retirement account. Period. That includes 401ks, BBBs for British people. Uh, I don't know every all the global tax um, retirement account deals, but 401ks, RO, uh, blah, IRAs, Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, and any other form of retirement account that exists in this country and in any country, including even when your company has a match. The reason being is first off, do you really do you really believe that free money exists? That's what they say a lot of times when they say that you need to match your 401k because it's just free money that you're throwing away. What is the financial incentive for a company to be offering free money? It does not exist. They just want every company, including the company you work for, the brokerage companies that pay your company to get you to sign up for their 401k, all of those guys just want your money. And that's the first big takeaway that you should take from this is that they're all after your money. That's the whole point of these accounts is so that way they can get your money locked up for their benefit, not for your benefit. Next, mutual funds, which is what almost every 401k is, is complete and utter garbage. First off, most of them aren't even actually legal. You can read more about that in Tony Robbins' book, uh, Money Master the Game, which I believe I did a book review on. They're not even legal. Secondly, there's so many fees that any potential gain that you might have gotten is snuffed out and goes to their pockets. And thirdly, they just underperform. And lastly, you are not allowed to touch that money until you are statistically supposed to die. That's the whole point. They want to get your money locked up so that way you can't touch it and they can use it until you are old and ready to die. Because most people don't live past 65. That's why they set the number at 65, because they don't want you to live more than maybe a couple of years past that. So that's the reasons in general, for especially for 401ks. Next, let's talk about Roth versus regular. So Roth means essentially that it is taxed now instead of later. So in your 401k or your IRA, they are considered taxed havens. So money that goes into those do, does not get taxed. And the idea behind that is so that way they have more money is going in to have compound interest take or compound investments come into effect to generate more money. The catch is, do you really think that taxes are going to go down or go up in the future? If you are betting that they will go up in the future, then what you'll want to do is a Roth, which we'll talk about here in a sec. One other thing for that calculation is, do you think you will be earning more now or in the future? And this includes 
post-inflation, because tax brackets don't get updated that much. So will you be making more now, or will you be making more in the future? If you will be making less in the future, you might owe less taxes due to you making less. So that's all things to consider of whether you want to go regular or Roth. Roth means that the money that's going towards these accounts is taxed now, and then any money that is in that account, you can take out tax-free when you're 65. So now let's talk about the benefits of a IRA over a 401k. If you are going to invest in a um, retirement account, it should never be a 401k, and it should almost always be a IRA, particularly a Roth IRA. So if you're going to invest in a retirement account, it should be a Roth IRA. The advantages of a Roth IRA is that you can do index funds, which is investing in just the stock market in general, which we'll talk about more here in another couple of episodes when we talk about the stock market. Uh, you can use it to invest in real estate. You can also take out the money that you put into your IRA, mostly penalty-free. You can't take out any of the money that was generated in the IRA. So let's say you put 50 bucks in and the account grows to 100 bucks. You can still take 50 bucks out, but the 50 bucks that was generated in the account has to stay until you're 65. So that's one of the advantages of a... So those are several of the advantages that an IRA has over a 401k. But the main reason that you shouldn't really do either of them is that they, it locks up your money. You don't have access to it, which means you don't have fluidity to take advantage of opportunities as they arise, particularly business opportunities. Now, if you're not a business-minded person and you want to passively invest for old age retirement, a Roth IRA is good. A Roth IRA invested in an indexed fund is good. And for most of the population, that's what they should do. If you're listening to this podcast, I doubt that's you. But if you are just wanting to work at a job, not pursue financial success in any other avenues, and just want your money to compound over time so that way you have a nest egg for when you're old and can't work anymore, then a Roth IRA invested in an index fund is what you should do. And it is the, what most people should do because they are not trying to be financially successful. For you listening to this, there's probably not a reason that you should be doing a investment account. I don't have one. I have considered doing a Roth IRA multiple, multiple times because it is useful. But there's just other things that your money should be going towards for financial success. And notice how much I am backpedaling on the Roth IRA because I came down on it really hard. There's a lot of cons to it, but there's also a lot of pros to it. 401ks, screw them. You should never do a 401k, but a Roth IRA is something that you might consider. And as for all the people who are in different nations, you'll probably have something similar to a Roth IRA and similar to a 401k. Like I know that British people have the BBB, which is their version of a 401k. So that is it for my rant on taxes for today. Deduct as much as you can, especially for business and real estate, and be wary of free money. However, there is one other thing I, I, you, I forgot to mention, the uh, health savings accounts. They're just a savings account. You can't, they go in pre-tax, I believe. I don't think that you can withdraw them for anything besides medical purposes. However, you can use them for your regular annual dental expenses. 
or you can use them as a savings account for when you know you're getting old and you're going to have health problems when you're old, and you can just use it as a savings account for that. Do I recommend putting a lot of money into them? No, but that is an option that you might consider. And with that, I will end the, today's episode of how to avoid taxes because taxes are theft. I will see you all next week.